What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The Bulls are now on a four-game winning streak. Kobe White's tying records are breaking records for the Chicago Bulls with three-pointers made. And the Bulls and DeMar are apparently still far apart on the deal. And the Bulls may be looking to trade him if they can't come to a contract extension. We're going to talk about all that, plus diving into the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls are now on a four-game winning streak, and throughout this four-game winning streak, it's been a couple of things that have been evident for the Chicago Bulls. Playing as a team, playing with heart, spreading the ball around, and just overall execution on both sides of the ball. And the game yesterday against the Spurs was a tell of two halves. The Bulls were down by 11 points in the first half of that game. And we've seen a lot of times with that that the Bulls just aren't able to to have the consistent heart to really dig themselves back in the game and get the victory. We've seen you know, the Bulls get leads closer, right, like that, and then but just not have enough to kind of get over the top and still win the games. That was not the story last night for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls came in, and they took care of business. Uh, also, the Spurs didn't shoot the ball as well. They were on fire in the first half of that game uh, for behind the three-point arc. But listen, the way that the Bulls played with heart, even when the Bulls were down 11 points, they were still playing with heart in that game. And it was really good to see the Bulls execute in that manner. And overall, over this four-game winning streak right now, the Chicago Bulls, when you look at it, they're fourth in the NBA in clutch offense and third in clutch net rating. What does that mean? When the, when the game is tough and tight, the Bulls are actually playing better in those situations than what they were early in the season. And it's refreshing to see a Bulls team execute in that manner. And so when you look at the way that this team has been playing, yes, Alice Caruso went down. Wait and find out if it's going to be anything long term. The Bulls don't play again until Monday, so they got a couple of days off in that to really get you know everybody healthy and kind of back on the right page, albeit except Zach Levine and of course Lonzo Ball. But the way that this team has just been fighting has just been really good to see. And you know, even a couple of people in the in the chat compared it to the Baby Bulls era, and that was a team that you know didn't have like the superstar level talent, but it was a deep team, a team that competed, a team that fought hard. And it's been really good to see specifically the play of like Patrick Williams in yesterday's game, just being aggressive literally from the start. Six rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, and 20 points from Patrick Williams on only 11 shots that he shot in the game. You know, four players scoring in 20 points. Kobe White as well, 9 of 15 from the field, a much better second half, 5 of 7 from three-point lane, four rebounds, six assists, one steal, 24 points from Kobe White. And then Io DeSumo, who didn't have the scoring output, only four points from him. Did some really good things defensively, off the ball, getting out of transition, things like that. Three rebounds, three assists, one steal. It's good to see these three young players really come in. And I got to give Billy Donovan credit for at least three out of these four games in this win streak. Billy Donovan has coached an excellent game, and I have to give the man credit for that, even me being one of his biggest critics. And so, like, hearing the, this this Bulls team and, you know, their net rating, we already talked about a couple of episodes ago how over this stretch the Bulls offense has been elite, right? Top, like, 
top 10 in the league over this stretch, if you if they were able to do this over the course of a whole season, they would be in, in a lot of the categories, points per game, field goal shooting percentage, three-point shooting percentage. This team is just rocking and rolling right now. And understandably, is now asked this question is, how does this really affect Zach Levine's trade value, which is a you know, story that we'll continue to talk about as things to go on, but it gets more difficult for the Bulls. And while it's great that this Bulls team is on this four-game winning streak, it's good to be able to talk about Bulls wins, especially after the five-game losing streak that they were on prior to that. This It gets tougher next week, right? We don't have the easy competition next week. It's really tough now from, from now until January. And so we're going to really get to look at this new-look Chicago Bulls team and how this new play style is, how successful they can be against some of the better teams in the NBA. We got Milwaukee on Monday, Denver Tuesday, the defending champions, two games against Miami, Philly, who's, who, who's always had trouble beating, L.A., San Antonio again. We'll see how that ends up playing out for us. Cleveland, Atlanta, Indiana, and Philadelphia. That ends this year for the Chicago Bulls as far as the calendar year of 2023. And those are all really tough games. But I tell you what, the games I'm excited to see how this Bulls team with the style of play that they've been playing now, how they're going to compete in that and how they're going to perform. But it's left so much, so much positivity with that. Now, we talked about Kobe White. Right now, Kobe White is tied for fifth in the NBA of number of three-pointers made, 68 three-pointers made um, on the season so far from Kobe White. Kobe White's growth has been one of the most positive stories outside of like the DeMar, the Zach Levine trade, the injuries, things like that. The one, the one of the biggest positive stories that you can pull out of the season is Kobe White is growing. And, you know, like I said before, so many people doubting Kobe coming into the season with the play of the Chicago Bulls early on, saying things like Kobe shouldn't be a starter, he's not a starter. Hell, even coming into the season, what did I say? I wanted to see Javon Carter win that starting point guard position over Kobe White. But Kobe is now shown and shut up almost all of his doubters with his play. And it's not just about the three-point shooting or the big scoring performances. Defensively, the drawing charges, Growing as a leader, the communication, Kobe White is rounding out to an extremely solid player overall, and it's left many people to ask, could Kobe White even get on the most improved player of the year list as far as in that category? And I'll tell you what, if he keeps up his recent play over the last month or so, he's definitely going to be getting votes for that. Now, will he win? I always really go back to you kind of got to be on a team that's really kind of winning uh, to do that, but I do think that Kobe White could very well be on that ballot for most improved player of the year. You know, for him to win, we'll end up seeing if that ends up being the case. It, it comes to storylines, things like that as well. Right now, the biggest storyline with the Chicago Bulls is Zach Levine, so that's kind of it. But I will say this as well. I want to say this. Once Zach Levine is moved, if Kobe White keeps playing like this, people are going to start talking about, well, in the absence of Zach Levine, Kobe White has turned into this, and he could ride that storyline with his play, solid play maybe into a conversation for most improved player of the year. So don't count Kobe out yet. We'll end up seeing where it goes, but Kobe White's play has just been amazing to see, and I, for one, love to see Kobe White play in this manner, and hopefully it continues for him. But with that said, we actually got some things that are not so good. Well, it depends on how you look at it. So Chris Haynes, uh, you know, who works for Bleach Report and TNT, I, I believe, uh, said that the Chicago Bulls and DeMar DeRozan are still far apart on an extension, and it is likely that they may look to move DeMar DeRozan if a contract extension can't be agreed upon. Now, I do think that that's probably the best bet for the Bulls and for DeMar DeRozan. I get what DeMar has meant here, and I know a lot of Bulls fans hold on to this thought that, well, you got to have DeMar here. He has to stay here. It's, you know, it's not Zach or whatever else it is. But when it comes to it, I think this. The Bulls can't are at a place with 
going into the next version of this team where you don't want to lose almost any assets for anything. And I said the same thing about Alice Caruso. I would love the Bulls to be able to extend Alice Caruso and him just stay here. But if there's any inclination that he's not going to ex- uh, stay here, not this year, they can worry about that at next trade deadline. I think you do have to move him for whatever the assets available are. I, I, have, I have the same opinion about DeMar DeRozan. If he's able to agree to a team-friendly contract, which it seems like that's not going to be the case since they're far apart on years and money still reportedly, um, you have to evaluate what what assets you can get back. Now, is it going to be a lot? Probably not. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, a $20 million contract, so you're going to have to match salaries on that. But uh, if you can get anything back, whether it be a young piece, whether it be a heavily protected first, a couple of seconds, right, I think at this point you may have to evaluate making that move and pulling the trigger on that move rather than let him walk for nothing. And so. It's not really too surprising of an aspect for me or a thing that the Bulls, especially with how things have gone, that they may be looking at and saying, hey, we can't really, we're not in a place to keep losing players for nothing, considering what we gave up to build this team. It didn't work, and you may have to look at that. Now, do I hope that DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls can reach an extension? I mean, I'm kind of two minds for them. In some ways, I can understand it. In other ways, it's like, what, what's the point of keeping DeMar if we're going to be this team that is kind of uh, a pseudo-rebuilding? But again, I do think, that this front office is going to be a front office that wants to try to always compete for playoff or at least play in positioning. And because of that, they may be apt to bring DeMar DeRozan back. But let me know what you guys think on that down below. When you hear that the Bulls are still quite far apart on, on a DeMar DeRozan extension, are you of the mind of, let's go ahead and move him, whatever we get back, it's a plus rather than losing for nothing? Or do you think, hey, just let him walk, let, the, let it go to his natural conclusion. Uh, we can use our full mid-level exception next year. We can do some other things. Let me know what you guys think on that. It'll be interesting to see how you guys feel on that. But with that said, we got six voicemails to get into today. Let's go ahead and get into the first one. This one is from first-time caller, Brett. Hey, hey, it's Brett from Melbourne, Australia. Love the show. Just started watching. I've got one question for you. We've done the whole young guys, had some veterans. We've done it over and over again. And I think it's time that we blow this thing up. But keep it young. Trade for younger guys that are on the up. But... I'm curious to hear your take. Is that where you think the team's going? Is that what you would do if you were in the big seat? Thanks, man. All right. Is the team going to blow it all up, and should they? Here's my thought process on that. I don't think blowing it all up is is coming. And I've kind of talked about what the difference in those is. Blow it all up to me means you're trading everybody back, getting all assets back, and seeing where the chips fall. You're just going to embrace being bad for a while, which is very similar to a rebuild. Going rebuild isn't necessarily the same as blowing it all up. You can rebuild without blowing everything up. You keep a lot of your same pieces. You just you, you kind of move forward and say, hey, listen, we're going to try to build this thing back up to where we were before. It's going to take some time, whereas blowing it all up is like basically going scorched earth. And then it's what I think this front office is going to do, and they're going to retool on the fly, which may mean, hey, we're still going to maybe get worse and our own draft selections are going to get better, but it could also mean that we're still going to try to put a team on the floor that is at least fighting for something. It may, doesn't mean they're necessarily going to make the play-in, right? They still may be a play, play-in team or miss the play-in and be a lottery team, but it may very well mean that um, you know, we're going to try to get to the plane. If we can't, cool, we're going to be in a lottery. If we can, better better, more for that. So I think that's kind of the way that it's going to go with this team, in my opinion. Um, now, what do I think they should do? I've gone back and forth on it, right? I think when you look at these young players and Patrick Williams, Kobe White specifically, stepping up in the way they have, with players like Ayo Desumu showing a lot as well, players like uh, Julian Phillips showing a little bit of things, I would love to see those guys get more minutes and have to be a part that Billy Donovan uses in the rotation to just continue to grow their game 
But I, also, seeing the Bulls play and fight like this has been fun to see. And, you know, having veterans like a Tory Craig and Javon Carter and Andre Drummond have been important in that as well, too. So, you know, I, I, I go back and forth on it. I'm not even going to hold you. But I don't think this team is going to go full rebuild, in my personal opinion. But, hey, I could be wrong on that one. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one is from Known Sage. Yo, Hayes, it's No Sage again for your mailbag. Happy birthday, monster. I really appreciate you keeping the content going. I know this year has been a struggle for you losing some fam and just you um, staying in tune with us. So we really appreciate you um, keeping it um, as positive as you can. Hey, I got some random quick thoughts here. So um, super sad that we're not going to see the in-season tournament floor, the C-Red floor. Um, I actually took my eight-year-old to that game that they played against the Magic where Caruso had some decent three-pointers in. Kobe had an amazing dunk, so he loves red. That was his favorite color. Awesome moment. But look, I was thinking about, is the big three going to now be T-Will, Ayu, and Kobe? And I say that because, like, I can't really think of too many big threes, like Bosch, Brian, Wade, the Heels, I guess. I mean, I'm just loving that the mid-three now is kind of taking a backseat, and I'm just hoping that this new core three or Core 3.0 will emerge and extend because um, on a quick rant topic, like growing up in the hip-hop generation, you know, you always have the duos, right? ETMD, MOP, UGK, I digress. But the trios, I mean, I don't know. Trios have to be where it's at. Basketball, hip-hop, and anything I would say. So that's about it. Thanks again. Keep it going. I owe Kobe and P-Will the new Core 3. I mean, I think in a way that that's kind of what we're going to see depending on how things move forward, right? Unless you get a piece back from uh, in the Zach trade that kind of up upends that. But I do think we're going to see a, a place in which those three players are not necessarily, I, I don't know if Core 3 is the right word, but those three players are players that are definitely prioritized in whatever the next version of the team is, especially P-Will and Kobe. I think Kobe, for one, has definitely shown that he deserves to be uh, a linchpin in what you're kind of building, maybe even looking at some pieces that kind of can kind of complement him and what you do going forward and maybe drafts, things like that. But either way, this team, until they get a true superstar or a player ascends to that, they should constantly be in a place of trying to get the most chances to get that, to bring that into the team. Because while I love what Kobe's uh, done, I don't know if I've seen the superstar level uh, ceiling in that even in his play. But hey, maybe I could be wrong in that. We'll end up seeing. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. Uh, this one's from Shay. Yo, hey, what's up, man? Look, man, I've been hearing these trades about Jonathan Clemenga and Zach Levine to the Golden State Warriors, which I don't think this is going to happen. But if I were the Chicago Bulls, you know what I'd be doing right now? I'd be trying to hit up the Toronto Raptors and trying to bring OG Ananobi over here. Or What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Scotty Barnes, or maybe both of them. Look, I know that that's a stretch, but when you think about it, Toronto ain't really got no all-star. Ain't really got no all-star. You could say Pascal Siakam, whatever, whatever. whatever. If he is all-star, I can't remember. But uh, I think you might. But I do hear them trying to move on, most of them more so from 
OG more times than not. So I would try to bring OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes, or maybe I could bring them both. That's why I'm saying or. Not times on 10, we're probably not going to get both of them, but I feel like we could at least get one of those guys and bring them down here. And plus, you don't know if DeMar DeRozan is going to be back in Chicago in Chicago after this season this season. So uh OG Ananobi would be a perfect fit next to uh Patrick Williams and and uh improved defensive Kobe White and Alex Caruso since he has one more year. Hopefully we convince him to stay. And then he could help out Vooch a lot more, you know what I'm saying? On defensive end, on the perimeter. Look, man, I'm not saying that OG Ananobi is the end all be all. And maybe Scotty Barnes might be a much, much better fit than him. But, uh, if that's the one place I would look to, to move Zach Levine to, it's the Toronto Raptors. Cause you could either get one of those guys, OG or Scotty Barnes. Or maybe both of them. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes. I don't think that the Raptors are in a place where they're trying to give up Scotty. OG is definitely somebody who I think is we've heard and that what we've uh, heard a lot is that he's available. 26 years old, and I know people are going to say, what well, he can't replace with Zach. You're not going to get a one-for-one replacement for Zach Levine. But OG Ananobi does bring as a defender, right? Somebody who can score a little bit, right? He's at uh, the most points he's ever uh, averaged in his career was 17 points per game. That was back in the 2021-22 season. But also, he's a solid enough three-point shooter, right? 37% for his career. This season so far, he's averaging 38%. He's been as high as 39%. So a solid enough three-point shooter, albeit not a huge volume. He averages four and a half three-point shots per game. He's taking the second most three-pointers this season at 6.4 and averaging 38.8%. So that's solid. It's not anything earth-shattering or anything like that. And I do think that you you can slide him in there, maybe even at the three of you move on from DeMar and, you know, things could work out. So OG Ananobi is not a bad target. The, th- the thing you have to question, though, is how does it work for both sides? Does Zach Levine bring what the, what the Toronto Raptors are really looking for from that team? And, you know, while some Raptors fans are for it, some are against it, you got to end up seeing. Uh, I do think that the, the, the Raptors and the Bulls are the two teams that kind of NBA teams are waiting to see if they're going to kind of blow it all up. So if they end up making a move together, maybe that they, they can kind of fix that for each other. But, you know, we'll end up seeing what happens in that. But I don't think OG is a bad target at all. Again, not the perfect one. I know a lot of Bulls fans, like I said, kind of the more knee-jerky ones are going to say, but he doesn't, he's not the scorer Zach is. But, hey, you're trying to round out Kobe White and is turning into a scorer. So maybe you don't need that same type of score next to Kobe White. And OG and Nobi can play small forward. He's played some shooting guard, not a huge hell of a lot too, but I think small forward is the best role for him. But then you also committed at that point to P. Will at the four. And then what does that mean for Julian Phillips and his future there, right? So, you know, those are some questions that I'm glad I don't have to answer. But as far as just the baseline, OG Ananobi is a solid enough talent on a, on, a, on a solid enough deal, too. Like, his contract isn't crazy. He's $18 million this year. He has another uh, year on his contract after this of $19.9 million. So under $20 million there, which we've already talked about, isn't a huge number in where the cap is going. You would have to immediately kind of work out a contract extension for him or maybe even move him again next year. But, hey. Could be. You're not attaching long-term, not the same money for Zach Levine. If they can match with expiring contracts or things like that, that is a a deal that could get done. I guess we'll see. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Quentin from Let's Talk Bulls. What's up, Hayes? This is Quentin from Let's Talk Bulls. I just wanted to leave another voicemail. Um, I wanted to talk to you about something that I've been thinking about after the last couple of games um, and this game going in to play the Hornets. Um, If the Bulls win this game against the Hornets, when you look at the way they've been playing, Kobe has stepped up, he's hitting more threes, Patrick looks more aggressive, and this team really looks like they're trying to get out on the fast break. 
um, and really play for each other. They're passing to the open man and trying to make sure they're making the right shot, but focusing on also being confident in taking open shots if they see them. When you look at that, um, and let me preference this because I know Bulls fans like to take things to the next extreme, but do you think that maybe as a fan base we are overjudging Billy Donovan on a team that just wasn't built for his play style? It's starting to see that the way they play right now is more into the type of way that Billy would love his team to play. We have a lot of guards playing. They're all playing fast-paced, and they're all doing the things that he's been talking about. Um, is this something where not exactly gone? We're starting to see that maybe it wasn't all Billy and more of just the roster not gelling well enough to play the way he wants to play. Do you think Zach was holding us back, um, or do you think it is all Billy? Love to hear your thoughts. As always, I'll see you next time. You know, this is a question that I've heard a lot of people ask, right? Have we overjudged Billy Donovan? Here's what I'll say, no, because it's not just about what he's just done here with the Chicago Bulls. I still think, uh, you know, the rotations have still been bad. Adjustments have still been bad. We're now looking at the offense. I do think the offense is flowing a lot better, but I think that that's what we wanted to do coming into the season. That's not necessarily Billy Donovan's default system either. I just think you have players now that are young, hungry, athletic, getting a chance to get out in transition and run, getting the ball in their hands, and that's why you're seeing, I don't necessarily think the coaching style of Billy Donovan is best necessarily, like we haven't had that. I think his, his, his style is that he always relies heavily on his superstar players, and that's when he's best at. Um, but I think that Billy Donovan still coached some really good games here recently, and I, and I can do that. But I don't know if, and we don't know what the Zach Levine trade is going to net us back, but I don't necessarily think that we can say that it's best suited for Billy Donovan's system, but they are executing, especially defensively. And when you got a lot of long athletic players out there that then are getting out in transition, it's going to make it look better. But Billy Donovan has coached better. I can give him that. He's definitely coached better over this last stretch. But guys, let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Tom. What's up, Hayes? My name is Thomas. I'm from the D.C. area. I got two quick questions uh, pending this uh, upcoming Zach Levine trade and the news of him being shut down. I'm curious your thoughts on could there be a possibility that the league or Adam Silver and management investigates the Bulls shutting down Zach Levine this early. I understand there could be a framework for a deal. I understand that, you know, the other team may want him to be healthy. But with the new um, rules about players playing, you know, the optics of what it would look like for Zach Levine to be shut down, then traded, and then end up playing right away once he gets to his new team. Just a thought. Um, the other piece is um, – I see so many horrible trades <laughs> on Twitter. I know you do, too, um, as far as Zach Levine. But what are the possibilities that this trade could end up being a three-team trade? Um, I think we've seen a lot of trade possibilities just, you know, that we have created out of thin air. Um, not a lot look like they bring back good returns, um, but a lot of that is just people putting trades in the trade machine. But what do you think the likelihood of, you know, possibility of a three-team trade so that they can get better assets back? That's it. Look forward to a response if possible. All right. No, the league can investigate, A, because keep in mind, the new rule of sitting players is for nationally televised games. The Chicago Bulls, guess what they don't have? A lot of nationally televised games. Matter of fact, the next time we're nationally televised isn't until January 3rd on ABC against the New York Knicks. 
So that I don't think is going to be something that we have to worry about is being investigated for Sidney Zach Levine. Also, there's a legitimate medical reason as well. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. Now, as far as the second part of your question, could uh, uh, the Zach trade end up being a three-team trade? I think that that's probably more likely than what a lot of people are realizing because the Bulls only have one open roster spot. Considering that, the, that Zach Levine's contract is over $40 million, most teams are going to have to send two, three, maybe even four players back into Zach Levine trade unless the Bulls plan on, like, I've seen, like, attached Terry Taylor, which isn't a big deal, right? You're opening up an additional roster spot. But then at that point, you can still only take three players back into Zach Levine trade. So I do think that there is a chance that it turns into a three-team trade. It just depends on what that partner is and how many contracts they need to send out to match the salary of Zach Levine. But there is definitely a possibility of that happening. I just don't know if it's likely right now, I guess is the way to answer that. But it is, it is, it can definitely happen. And that's typical of the con- of a contract that's the size of Zach Levine. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Jamal. What's up, hey, it's your boy Jamal back again. Another voicemail for you. I got three minutes to get into it, man. Of course, the Bulls are currently on a four-game winning streak. I never thought I'd see that come this anytime this season. The way that we've been playing, which has been like straight ass for like the majority of this season, I didn't even think there'd come a time when we can say that we'd ever get on a four-game winning streak. But somehow, in some way, we actually ended up on that winning streak. Um, it's real interesting right now. Of course, the biggest thing that is going to be on everybody's mind is, well, we're doing this without our 200-plus man, Zach Levine. You know, he's been out this entire time, and yet we found a way to win uh, four games straight without him. And that's a real interesting, uh, you know, dilemma at this moment in time. Of course, there's going to be people who are going to say things like, see, this is why we do need to trade Zach. He was never that important. To begin with, yada, yada, yada. Let's keep in mind that out of the four games, that we play, let's say, I want to say three of them were against, no, actually all, maybe all four of them, no, three of them were against, like, damn near bottom feeders. I mean, New Orleans is pretty good, but then you got Charlotte and San Antonio, and then the Bucks, right? The Bucks is great. Uh, New Orleans is pretty good, but then you got Charlotte and San Antonio. So it's, it's really an interesting dilemma when you think about it. In this time, we've seen Patrick Williams kind of improve his play. Kobe Wright has improved his play. Vucevic seems to be coming in into his own. And then New Orleans, I mean, and then DeMar DeRozan seems to be fitting in. The only one that looks like the odd man out is Zach Levine. I don't want to jump to conclusions. I don't want to just say go ahead and trade Zach and forget the rest because I'm going to be honest, I'm biased. I like Zach Levine. I'm a big fan of his. But I don't get paid to make these type of decisions. It's going to be interesting to see, how, you know, if Zach comes back and they're able to get some chemistry going and get on the road, if the Bulls can maintain, you know, some level of winning or play better with Zach in there, or if he does come back and realize that he is the reason why we're losing. You know, only time will tell. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here moving forward. But congrats to the Bulls in four games. I'm proud of y'all. Let's see what y'all can do in the next game against the Bucks again. Anyway, be red, go Bulls. Peace. All right, so listen. Great points from Jamal, as always, and I love when Jamal calls in because it just comes down to, to the realistic part of it. Like, this team is playing much better over over a four-game winning streak, right? And it, and it feels good. It seems good and everything. Like, the team all playing involved in it. Um, you know, and, you know, as far as, like, are they playing better just because Zach's not there? I'm not going to put it just on that. 
I do think that it's it's also because everybody's involved in the game plan now, right? You're not getting, when you have a player that averages basically 18 to 20 shots per game and that goes away, it's opening up so many more opportunities for other players because it's not just one player stepping in for the Bulls that are getting those shots that Zach Levine is getting. Yes, Kobe's getting more, but he was already getting some shots because he was a starter, right? So it's opening up more for Patrick Williams. It's opening up more for Io, for Torrey Craig to get more shots, things like that. And that's really helping the Chicago Bulls team be a little bit more difficult to guard as well in that time so you know yes difficult stretch of games coming up for the Chicago Bulls for sure and it's going to be uh hugely interesting to see how they now compete with much better competition uh, that they're going to be going up against but I think when it comes down to it um you know the expectation if you think the Bulls are going to keep up this level of play I I I need to see it for longer but I tell you what if we come out of this next week stretch if we come out of those four games next week and we're still talking about a Bulls team that, and again, it's not about wins. It's not necessarily me just saying if this win streak continues, but if they keep playing with this level of heart determination and pushing teams with by that alone, the heart that they play with, at that point, I think it is time to start saying, hey, this could be a Bulls team that still makes the play-in without Zach Levine. And that's crazy to say. That's crazy to say. So let me know what you guys think on all that, as always, down below. Thank you so much for those that left the call. And make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I like to end everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co.